Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot Rock! I don't, what is Hot Rock? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are oh, you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! Oh, 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 I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. I got a whole lot of money, money, money for me. Money, Bottle money, key popping that water up there, drag yeah. Welcome back to Eleven Personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett live in Indianapolis for the 2022-2022 NFL Combine. Uh, today we get to speak to some of the big uglies on the offensive line. And uh, we only had 10 minutes of technical difficulties instead of an hour locket. We're making progress. Getting better each day. Yeah. If you're not, what is it? If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. That's right. You're, you're, you're never staying the same. You're going one way or the other. Yes. That, that's exactly what many people are saying. Um, what's, uh, do we want to start with silly or do we want to start with serious? Day two, long day. We got up pretty early. I think mm. we were the f- second or third ones in the media room today. Yes, yes. I think third. Uh, there's two people in there. So a little – it was the same yesterday, too, when I got there for the radio show. Roush so. getting some funny looks because he's trying to do a little roll call action. Yeah. First hour. Yeah, doing doing the first hour of Kentucky roll call before the interviews. Everybody, he's yelling out scoots, and people are like, what? what is that? Well, what is scoots? Other people do – like radio hits and stuff in that room, I'm just louder. Right. I'm much, much louder. Um, my clothes aren't as loud as some of the people's clothes, though, there. Man, you um, – it's an eclectic bunch in this this media crew. I mean, because you have you have the the draftniks who just do draft year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have 
people like us who cover the guys in college, college and then you've right. got just the pro people. And the pro people come from the big cities and they've got to be hip and trendy and some of the fashion taste there. Like the rolled jeans. We make fun of big exposure a lot. Uh, it's not, I think it's some media from California. Yeah. Rolled jeans is a thing. Uh, suits. I saw there was a dude with a suit who had on like a silk shirt underneath it as like his, instead of a dress shirt. It was, uh, yeah, it's just a lot. He's just got, people get a lot going on here. Then you got TV people. So you got people dressed to the nines that are going on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most fascinating look. I, I mean, I cannot stop looking at this woman because she was wearing, you know, you see people wear some loud suits. Uh, that's, right. that's kind of a, you know, especially for females. You know, why not? Why, why not express yourself? Uh, I really enjoyed this one woman's yellow suit, but she at least had suit pants on. This woman had suit shorts on. And when I first saw, I was like, is that a romper? Like, what What do we got going on here? And no, it was just like a Burberry patterned suit, except just cut off the pants right. like after six inch inseams. Or no, eight and a half inch inseams. Uh, that's the number of the day. For playing Sesame Street, yeah, that is, eight and a half is the number. Yeah, it's um, it's a national uh group here. Um, you know, we get regionalized. Well, how how we cover things. You know, we go home. We see mostly folks around Louisville, Lexington. You hit the SEC, you see, you know, some national folks that maybe live in Atlanta or in that region of the country, or Orlando, Florida, or guy O'Gara. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the you know national. You get people from New York, people from Chicago, people from L.A., San Francisco. So different, uh, different melting pot. And the media, I mean, it's huge. There's a lot of media at this. Yeah, yeah, a lot of media. If you want to come cover the combine, I don't think the NFL is going to turn you turn away. many people down. <laughs> well, it was funny too because uh, they did announce today that they're just ending COVID nineteen protocols. Right. Um, but going into the event, there was like, you need to have a vax card. And I was like, how are they going to vax? Are they going to mask? Uh, they did not. You just had to check a box. I thought for sure we'd be masked. Yeah. But but they, no, they're like, mask. nope, you're good. Yeah. So fine by me. Fine by me. Mm-hmm. Um, we got guys going through the drills right now in the field. Tight ends are up first. Wanda Robinson is jumping around right now. Yeah, the receivers are doing verticals as we speak. Um, it's about 5.23 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Indianapolis. So we're we're waiting on um, Wondell's vertical. But he measurements are in. Uh, he's five foot eight, which was kind of what I thought he would be. Um, Kentucky is very generous. <laughs> Our guy Luke Fortner was measured in at six foot six. Um, he – at Kentucky, at, down at the combine, he was six four and like three fourths, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, which is still a good size. Uh, but he was yeah, they're, they're pretty friendly up there uh, at, at UK. Yeah, and, and so Wandell five eight one seventy eight. He was not five eleven. Yeah, I believe <laughs> that he had him up. They had him at one ninety listed. So one seventy eight, um, twenty seven five eight arms, not huge, nine 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 inch hands, which is pretty good, uh, decent for his size, I would suppose. So. Like that's Wandell's going to be an interesting draft case because I'm very interested to see what what these agility tests are mm-hmm. because I could see him not dra- testing out all too well, especially in the forty. The, um, yeah, the forty, but but I, I'm more interested not not that the where he's going to lose money. I think is that twenty to forty yard 
But the first one through ten, one through his splits, the ten yard split and the twenty yard split, it's really going to be very important, I think, for him. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you know, he he could be kind of scheme dependent for some teams. Um, he needs to be in kind of an offense like the Ray, like we what we just saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, condensed formations, one that um, highly features a slot receiver. Um, the Debo comp everybody's wanting to make, like we talked about yesterday, I don't think that's very fair to Wondell. I don't think that's what he's going to be at the next level. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting, the testing numbers here, because I get a feeling they they could not be great, um, and that could that could hurt you know hurt a stock. Stonks is how it's pronounced. Stonks. Yes, it could hurt a stonks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we could, Nick, let's just kind of stay in chronological, chronological order here. Mm-hmm. Started our day, got warmed up. We go talk, talk to the O line. Mm-hmm. O line goes in there. First up, Darian Kennard. Yep, big guy. We get to see Darian Kennard. Got his Kentucky hat on. New chain. Had number seventy chain. Mm-hmm. Talks for almost UK hat on. Mm-hmm. Talks for about twenty minutes, and really the week left from that conversation. Pretty, pretty much, he's playing guard. Yeah, I mean that's where it's pointing to. He didn't come out and say it. Straight up, but he pretty much said, if they want to slide me inside, I'm more than willing to do it. I'm comfortable with that weight. What what size are you – what weight are you right now? I'm 321. What do, you know, where do you think that puts you? I think that puts me at tackle, but if I get to 330, I think that I'm going to be better off at guard. What are you more comfortable playing? 330. And then just your strength. And even it said well, he struggles with pass pro, mm-hmm. with speed on the edge. And that that what are what are his strengths? Moving three techniques, combo block. That's you know a guard and an inside zone gap scheme type offense. Um, so I think that's that's what we gotta have to be looking for here um, with Kennard, where he goes, and I think it's going to be guard. I think he's going to be a second round pick. Tricks out, tricks right. out. Um, and I know that like a lot of the selling point of getting him back was oh you could be this big money making mm-hmm. tackle. Um, that's nice and all, but you kind of yeah. Bottom line with his hand placement had wasn't great, especially at the Senior Bowl, and he just he he gets a little clunky in those pass sets when he's facing straight up speed rushers. But if you try to play Kennard inside and just power play him, you're gonna be toast if he get as long as his hand placement isn't in a good spot. So that I think is gonna be where he's going to really make money at this next level, playing in a guard, playing in a gap scheme offense. Uh, the other thing that came from his interview was uh, something I just don't care to write about because, um, to be frank, when he's asked about stuff, he answered pretty bluntly. He was like, so, so what was about that Joe Biden hoodie you had on? He was like, I didn't really think about it. It was just in my wardrobe. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, that's this is who I am. Like, he's a... Blue Lives Matter yeah. kind of guy. He has political beliefs that yeah. he's not afraid to share. And when he was asked about COVID and stuff, he um, he he did bristle and just that like his viewpoints would also be like considered political. Didn't like that. Um, I'm not going to write the scare tactics headlines. I, I just I just don't care. Um, that's how that's how Kennard rolls. You want to believe that? Go ahead, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter. He's still one of the greatest. Offensive tackles ever play at the University of Kentucky. And I think the big picture uh, takeaway I have from today is there's three guys there. And it's it, there's a good chance all three could get picked. 
that would give UK, I want to say, seven offensive linemen drafted in the last four years. Kentucky went through a 20-year drought without any offensive linemen taken in the draft. <laughs> like, that's, that's saying something. I just had something come across the feed, Nick. I have no idea if this is true. Oh. Um, you were with Ritter, so maybe you could tell me. Because this is some random Twitter account that just posted this. It says, top QB prospect Desmond Ritter said Lions head coach Dan Campbell made me drink a glass of milk during their meeting earlier this week. Ritter, who is lactose intolerant, said Campbell wanted to test his toughness and ability to recall plays while in pain. Maybe that went in one ear out the other. I don't. That is the most Dan Campbell thing, Mister Eat Your Kneecaps. <laughs> I've ever. Seen. I, I have doubt. I, the tone setters is who t- tweeted this out, so I have my doubts here. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, though. That would be pretty funny. Um, <laughs> now I'm all thrown <laughs> off. We even had a whole lot of. Um, if, if you all watch any of the videos that we have on the KSR YouTube channel, there are some enlightening moments, which we'll speak to um, for a bit. But, like, the ones that really I just have no time for, the NFL guys that just come up and say, have you talked to so-and-so? Have you talked to so-and-so? And they're like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that part gets a little monotonous. Yeah, well, you got guys – that cover teams button into all of these podiums yeah. just to see. That's just one question. I mean, I had – I got in my mentions today of people like Jaguars fans adding each other about – and the guy was making a running tally about who – Who all the Jags. Was visiting with the Jaguars Right, right. Because uh, that was Luke Fortner's one formal interview. He left our uh, our media hubbub. To, to go meet with the Jags. Right. And Jags got a center entering the last year of his contract – will be 32 years old at the end of the season, so they're in market for a starting center. Need somebody, a battery mate for Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. uh, that can extend maybe I mean, for a long relationship, and maybe that can be something Fortner can go in. Fortner, I think, Nick, getting into our conversation with him, I think he's kind of in that fourth-round mold. As far as center go, Tyler Linderbaum is going first round. He's, he's an Ravens exception at, to the rule. Ravens at 14 is a, um, a big-time – candidate there and then Dylan Parham a center at Memphis is kind of people's second favorite so you're probably going to see him in the third round then after that Fortner's battling right there for that third center and he's probably going to third or fourth center so he's probably going to go off in the fourth round Um, but for him I think the big thing was just switching from center to guard guard to center Um, that really opened a lot of doors for him I don't think anybody like except for Freddie because you know Freddie's all-time Luke Fortner fan He's always been in his corner, but I don't think anybody anticipated him being an NFL player after last year at all. Like he he, he wasn't a draft prospect, and coming back, not only did it make sense because he's a nerd and he loves school and all that sort of stuff, but like okay, well maybe you know Drake's not here anymore. If I try the center thing, if it works out, and it's worked out perfectly. Yeah, and the thing I mentioned right when he announced he was coming back was. The thing that hurt Drake in this draft process, Drake Jackson, new GA at UK, was the lack of size and the lack of positional versatility. And so he had to be one of the – just a like Linderbaum does not have positional versatility really, but he's just a badass center where Drake maybe wasn't as, you know, as good on tape as Linderbaum. So there was athleticism concerns. So 
And then he got injured at the Senior Bowl, and he couldn't test in a lot of stuff leading into the draft. And that just really hurt. Where Fortner, you don't have that. Like, he was an athlete who, like, turned into center, where Drake Jackson was just kind of a center since he was 13 years old. Right, right. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so that, that, that hurt him. But Fortner, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a great move for him. And it's going to be a selling point, I think, for Mark Stoops and this coaching staff. If kids are getting older in the program and they're worried about playing time or they're, you know, this or that, or they're worried about their draft stock, they can – that's another – along with Jamin Davis, say, look at Luke. Like, he came here. He grinded. He started for us a couple seasons. We've put him in the right position. He pre- increased his draft stock. He goes, stays an extra year, and it's a fourth-round draft pick or whatever. That's just another, I think, thing they can use. Another selling point. Right. Yeah. Um, and then um, after we talked to Fortner, we saw Evan Neal. Man, that guy. Evan and I, we we both walked up to him. And we're like, he looks skinny. Yeah, I mean, legit skinny. And then uh, the guy not, turned, guy around us said, yeah, no, it's like he's like 280 pounds or something. He looks like a uh, power forward. And so – we get out of there and we get measurements back. The guy is 330 pounds. And then Duke Manyweather, who's kind of like this OL trainer, um, tweets out a picture of him with his shirt off, and he just looks like skinny fat pretty much. Like a fat guy that lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, man, he carries – and then I said, I looked at you and I said, his legs have to be just tree trunks. Um, so, yeah, that was that – was, he caught a lot of buzz today. I think he should be the number one pick. In the draft, if I was the Jaguars, just draft him, put him at left tackle, and roll. Um, the other guy he's kind of competing with, um, Icky Iguanu out of NC State. There's questions about whether he can play tackle in the NFL. I mean, he should be a pretty, pretty good guard at worst. But you know, you don't want to spend a number one overall pick on on a guard. Mm-hmm. You can get a left tackle with Evan Neal. I think he's got all pro potential. Just, just do it, Jacksonville. Get a guy to protect Trevor Lawrence there. Yeah, we uh, – one thing that was pretty funny, too, I want to mention about the Fortner interview. We've been making the jokes about school and old and all this sort of stuff for a long time. Very amusing to see somebody from afar just, like, trying to put it together. Like, so engineering, huh? Like – Yeah. And he's like, you've been in school for how – wait, how many degrees you're getting? And it was so – like, the and entire time. he goes t- out the aerospace engineering. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just think, too, that Fortner's ultimate test – uh, was just not laughing because I kept looking at him, just like giving him the look like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. But he, he kept it straight. He took our draft advice. Um, we're going to give him that phone call tonight at 1130, and he better <laughs> respond, damn it. Um, but uh, He might be in meetings with Dan Campbell chugging milk. <laughs> he, uh, I guess he technically played for Campbell, too, down at Senior Bowl. That's right, yeah. I, I also appreciated, too, that Kennard called it the Reese Bowl. He didn't call it the Senior Bowl or the Reese's Bowl. Do you do you have any sort of – do you call it a Reese's Cup? Do you call it Reese's? I just call it the Senior Bowl. No, no, like the, the – Reese's. You you eat Reese's? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I guess I'd call it a Reese's Cup. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's it's like the, the Walmart and the Kroger's. Mm-hmm. I, that, you know, we're, we're splitting hairs over here. And with uh, Kennard, Dolphins, Jags, Steelers – Found the Dolphins interesting because they just hired Mike McDaniel, 49ers, wide zone, like we just talked about. I don't know if that's a scheme for him, but the Steelers make a lot of sense. They do a lot of um, heavy gap scheme Tom, stuff. Tom Harris, Kentucky guys too. Yeah, and then the Jags, obviously they need offensive line help. 
Um, so that makes sense too, I think. Um, Dolphins in Fortner. We got Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Jaguars. So none of those teams, off the top of my head, are very heavy outside zone teams. I think Luke could be a great or a pretty good outside zone center, but I think he's got positional versatility where he could succeed in multiple schemes there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I could see him going to a lot of teams, but fourth round is where it's at, I think, for him. And with Fortner, he he had a take at the end, which I agree with. Like, Georgia's kind of got all these dudes here in the front seven. We'll get to talk to all those defensive linemen tomorrow. Devontae White, Jordan Davis. And they're all getting a lot of attention in this. Um, but when I left the Kentucky-Georgia game, the two guys I was talking about was one, the Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Like, the plays he made in that game were just – You can't get past the I second level kept, against him. He possibly kept ten points off the board himself. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was Jalen Carter. Like, Jordan Davis is good, but Jalen Carter was making plays and blowing stuff up. And he's – I think he's the number one reason Kentucky – like, Rodriguez had 10 carries for nine yards. If Jalen Carter's not out there, it's probably 10 carries for 44 yards. You know, he probably creases one. Um, but Jalen – and he's coming back this next year. Should be preseason All-American. He's one, He's probably the top defensive player in the class. That is the guy mm. that I think is just a Will different Anderson. figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so. Other than Will <laughs> Anderson. Yeah. Those two together, though. Right. Right. One, two. I mean, imagine those guys on the same team, which is kind of – Could happen. Like now, Will Anderson's from Hampton, Georgia. Man, good. <laughs> really good. Yeah, I, that was a brain fart there. Yeah, Will Anderson, obviously. Will Anderson doesn't even need to play next year. What was pretty crazy, too, they were talking to that uh, – I guess it, it might have been the Schaefer guy from Georgia, or it could have been another offensive lineman. But there was one high school that had three guys at the combine this year, Cedar Grove. I don't know where that is. It's in Ellenwood, it's Metro Atlanta. Yeah, Ellenwood, Georgia. Yeah, three three dudes at the combine. Like that that's nuts. Um a lot of talent. Yeah, that's just that Atlanta football scene is just blown up so much here in the last five, six, oh, seven years. I was uh down at a wedding a few weeks ago and I passed Milton High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're down there in Alpharetta, which Alpharetta, a lot of um, you know, pinkies up in the air kind of vibes. Get the a lot of the whites. Let's just <laughs> let's get out of Atlanta. Get the Alpharetta. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's any big city in America. You start blowing up like that, the outskirts. Yeah. So you know you grow farther and farther out. I mean you see in like Dallas is I think notorious for that in mm-hmm. Houston how far that's kind of stretched, and you're starting to see some of that in Nashville, and that's part of the reason Kentucky's trying to recruit there a little bit more, mm-hmm. just because of that population. Boom. The suburban the the suburban boom. Uh, Dare Rosenthal was there, uh, but uh, I wish I could have more from Dare's interview. But he is a quiet, soft-smoking, not a big talker. Uh, and they had him in the not at a podium, but at a desk, and it's just people talking over each other. There wasn't a whole lot being said. I wish we could have gotten some insight into his decision to leave. But he had the kind of canned, you know, I'm preparing. I just sat down with my family and had to do what's best for me. Yeah. Um- you know? We've talked about this with Dare. He's going to get drafted. Just, but I'm interested to see in some of his testing numbers here tomorrow when we get back because I think he could maybe have some good numbers, athletic scores. Um, but for him, like the tackle class, like it's really stacked at the top. But after that, it kind of doesn't get great. You know, he I, I feel safe. Like he could be sixth round, maybe sneak into the fifth round. I mean, in, that was like kind of like uh, the fire the Giants took on Big George. Yeah, you know at the end. Yeah, but even like, um, 
more with Dare just because he brings more pass production potential as a tackle than George, and he can play left tackle. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you can get it. He's a developmental prospect, um, but you could get him, and maybe he's like, let's see what we can do with him. Right, two years. right, right. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. And, you know, the fact that he played two, at two programs, As, I mean, they, they yeah, won a lot of football. good SEC offenses. Mm-hmm. He was, he played on that 2019 national championship team at LSU as a young player, so there there's some stuff there. And like from when a he skill set standpoint, you know, when he gets when people ask about him to others, it's not just going to be Vince gassing him up. Like he left LSU on good terms. Yeah, people there and speak highly of him. So uh, I, I'm with you uh, in that he's probably going to end up being uh, a late round selection. Um, you know who's really going to be late in this draft. Kenny Tiny Hands Pickett. He's got little baby hands. He does. That was the talk today. 6'3", 217 with eight and a five-inch hands. Um, you know, this kid – all this stuff is, lot, I mean, silly. <laughs> uh, but it is a process. It's a part of the process, and there's numbers and data that backs all this up. Yeah, I think that he would be the smallest – Hands quarterback since Michael Vick to be taken in draft. Yeah, bottom line is the baseline's nine inches usually, and if it's under nine, a lot of teams will take quarterbacks off their board. Um, Kenny Pickett, eight. He had twenty five fumbles, I believe, in, at Pittsburgh. Nick. Mm-hmm. He wore two gloves. You're starting to know why now. Why he had trouble holding on to the football, and why he wore gloves to help help him grip it. Um, he's got, you know, he has issues holding the ball. And then you look at the teams who need quarterbacks this first round. Pittsburgh, Washington, cold cold climates. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to play a lot of games under 40 degrees and when the wind blowing outside in an open stadium. That's, a, you know, that's a concern right there. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that could definitely, like, open the door for Malik Willis potentially. And we'll see how Pickett throws at some of these, his open testings. I'm not sure if he's throwing down here or ahead his combine. Um but he might have to now with that small hands. But that's that was a scuttlebutt because he didn't get them measured at the Senior Bowl. He had waited till he said now. He's double jointed, yeah, in his thumbs, which is also very funny. Um, <laughs> I uh, which just gets back like we're talking, like I just can't believe we're talking this much about Kenny Pickett because like the fact that he's the QB one is just crazy. Right, right, right. It, I mean, he it, had a great year for Pitt, an awesome season, um, but he's not, you know, I, like you know the the. The ceiling's very um, small for him. I don't. I don't think that's crazy to say. I did uh, appreciate that the Kenny Pickett hand size brought back the Joe Burrow tweet, and I'm trying to pull it up here. Yeah, the nine-inch hands tweet. Yeah, because Joe Burrow was right on that threshold um, where he 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 was right at nine inches, and he tweeted out you got afterwards. It right. You got it. Uh, considering retirement after I was informed the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands, please keep me in your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And now, but Joe was nine inches, so he was – He at least hit the, just, hit the he little hit the threshold. Right, right. Now he's cooking. But, uh, yeah, I mean – But also, like, Kenny Buck Pickett's not Joe Burrow. Like, <laughs> No. Joe Burrow, not. that was the best – he was coming off the best college season we'd ever, ever seen. seen yeah. He was one of the best prospects, you know, in that in that 10-year period up leading into that draft. Um, he was right up there with like Andrew Luck as a prospect for a lot of people. Yeah, and you know what? Turns out they were right. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, and it, that's not Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and now like the new like cool cheap thing to do is like 
who's going to be the quarterback that blows up out of nowhere like Joe Burrow? And, like, Kenny Pickett was the guy for this year, and so that's why I think a lot of people are – Grasping onto it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, – I think it's funny because – And then next year, it'll do the same thing next year, and maybe, like, Will Levis could be that guy. It's also fascinating that how much people clamor for quarterbacks. The crowd was a lot thinner today just from a media standpoint. Um, now, folks did get excited when they brought in some shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's yeah, yeah. at 10.30 a.m. I'm going to get a cup of coffee, and they're rolling out the shrimp cocktail. I'm like, that does not sound like something. It did not last 20 minutes. Oh, no. It was it was gone in an instant. And it I, I put on Twitter, it was like pretzel day. I mean, there was people. Yeah. It was a wave of people going over mm-hmm. there just to eat one shrimp and try some cocktail sauce. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all got it bad, man. Coffee, not great in the media room. Oh no! It's like, and it's not even like watered down. Yeah, like I don't even get the the pick me up, you know, yeah. that I that I want that I need. I mean, it it does what it's supposed to do, but but not good enough. Yeah, it's definitely. Might as well stop at Starbucks on the way in tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. At day three, we're gonna be feeling it after you know, might be might be having some some cold ones tonight. Uh, enjoying the town in Indy. The combine's likely. Uh, Rap sheet said the combine's probably going to be back here. Even though they're putting it out for their bids, like it's this is a process. You made it sound like the NFL kind of loves the setup here. And yeah, how, well, it, how they host it, it's huge. It's easy for everybody to get around. Right, right. And convenience and, is a very big factor. It's all about logistics. It's less about the fans. I totally understand moving the NFL draft around because um, you can attract thousands to a city mm-hmm. just to like. Here the names called, and you can make it a big fun event. You can't really do that with the combine. Like the combine is here it's for the teams for the, and for it, the players. It's it's a media and team event. It's really not for the fans. Like you can come here and you're not. I mean, it's not football. I mean, you're just you're watching dudes do jumping jacks pretty much. I mean, there's not much there, but it, it's more of a and for our sake, you know, we get some good stuff here, obviously. Um, but it's close geography wise. We can get here pretty fast. Louisville to Indy isn't. About the easiest drive there is. I'm really curious. Um, it's just weird that like Avery Williamson and Mark Stoops having a long conversation. I don't know what's going on. What's Avery doing? Didn't he get? He got cut, or you know, I think. So you know, I think he might be done. But hey, solid eight years. He got a nice deal with the Jets. He got his pension. Yeah. Avery, good dude. Let's get him on the show. Hang out. Me and Avery, we're pals. Um, speaking of tomorrow, Bully McCall, Josh Pascal, mm-hmm. they're going to be speaking. Um, I'm interested. Marquan is a uh, we got Bully at eight, Josh at eight thirty, I believe. Mar- Marquan is an interesting uh, not test, but like Quentin Bohanna was like you. You need to have a team that runs this style in order to take a nose guard and. Kind of like Bohan, they're they're very similar in that they didn't have a lot of tape. Bohanna mm-hmm. had injury stuff. Marquand was playing behind Bohanna mm-hmm. a lot, so th- there's a lot of and, and then it's also do you like his like some people are turned off by Marquand's personality too, like they won't like that. Yeah, but yeah. some like they they might embrace it because like um, as Stoops said, you know, like that. that I think all that personality. Over, I think most of these teams, all that stuff's over. They just want a player. Like yeah. obviously he's got to fit in your locker room and your culture, but like they just want a player. I think the the bowl game that tape's going to do him some good. Yeah, the thing like what the Bohanna stuff taught me last year, like he goes to the Cowboys, he's running a four down front, um, 
Still Everybody played a good amount of snaps for him. He played decent. Like for a rookie, he played. I think he, you know, played about ten snaps a game, eight, ten snaps a game. Um, but for like everybody needs run stuffers, okay? Because um, everybody does try to run the ball. You got to stop the run, and so you got to get big guys inside, big with girth who can stop the run. So that that make that's going to make Marquand McCall attractive. But there's there's some divisions where that's more important than others. Okay, mm-hmm. like if you're like in the NFC West, if you're facing you're facing a lot of outside zone, you don't really need big, you know, two gappers there, the A gap. Yeah. But if you're in the AFC North, you're facing Baltimore power scheme every week or every other week. You're facing Cleveland Browns who can get downhill. Nick Chubb. Yeah. You're facing Pittsburgh who wants to get downhill. Like you have to stop the run, and like the Bengals kind of overpaid two years ago for DJ Reader in free agency, but it, the reason they did that was because. They play six games a year where they really – it's physical and inside and you have to stop the run. And so some teams will wait it. So we, sh- we should be careful about like, oh, he needs to go to a 3-4 defense so he can play nose. Obviously that would be preferential. But all these teams want guy- big guys inside um, that they can use to, you know, stuff the run, using goal line, short yardage. And it's kind of similar with Josh too because Josh is a run stuffer. Mm-hmm. I mean – He's a late round pick, late day three pick, six rounder probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could carve out a role. He's just got to keep that weight in check. That's going to be the biggest issue for him. Is keeping that weight in check, um, being able to be available and play, you know, snaps when needed. Because he's never going to be a thirty snap guy probably no, at the next no, level. No. It's That's all going to be fifteen, going. eighteen, twenty. Uh, you know, kind of your nose two there who can give you um, some plugging there in the middle. Plug it up. Plug it up. And then Josh, obviously, Josh, this draft is going to be like the lack of quarterbacks is going to be like the big storyline. But the one thing this draft does have is a plethora of defensive line talent and edge rushers. Jabo Hutchinson. All the Georgia guys. Yeah, man. Um, the kid at Florida State, Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, he's good. It's just very deep there. And Josh is not really – a guy that's going to give you pass rush value as an edge rusher. He's more nope. of an inside guy. And then he doesn't get to go to the senior bowl. And I don't know what he's going to do here testing-wise. That's something we'll probably have to ask him tomorrow. Um, from my understanding, he will. And that was part of the motivation for sitting on the senior bowl. It's like okay, you'd be cutting it close. So, like, let's just wait till the Yeah, and then, but what if that affects his testing that he wouldn't have done as well as he would have? So, he could – like, there's some slip – potential here for Josh um, because I think if he's healthy he's probably a second round pick he's a top 50 prospect um, but the health is a big you know concern in a deep draft when there he's 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 got a lot of big competition um, mm-hmm. there um, and so I'll be interested to see that but but you know I'll, we know what kind of player he is so whoever gets him that could be a very good value pick in third round mid late third round yeah, he's, he's a locker room guy Right. There's no there's no doubt about well, it. Well, and he's just a ball player. I mean, he just makes plays. Mm-hmm. He can slip blocks inside. Um he could, he's very good against the run. He's, you know, he's got some twitchiness to him where he could do some stuff against the pass and obviously yeah, locker room guy on top of that. It's Team captain, we- all that stuff, you know, you're going to eat up, especially when you start you have to split hairs between prospects. That stuff get, usually usually gives you kind of an edge. I was really hoping we'd get Wyndale while we're on the show, but I think he's the later group. So yeah, might be SOL today. Like I have it. not seen the forty or the vertical come across yet. Ooh, I, uh, yeah, because I think he's in the next group. 
that's that's Haram. David Bell did not have a good vertical or no. broad jump. That's disappointing. Yeah, he's got a good good size to him though. We'll see what he runs here here in a little bit. Not a good leaper, but uh, uh, I did get some scuttlebutt on Yusuf Corker. My well placed Cleveland Brown source in Ohio says that they're uh, they're sniffing around him as a late round pick. Browns need safety. So yeah, there you Yusuf's go. another one. We're not going to get talked to him because he's Saturday and we'll be out of here by then. He's another like high character guy, but it's probably going to be like fifth, sixth round. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't have a lot of ball skills. Mm-hmm. That's that's your big knock on him, and mm-hmm. you like you you needed that from your safety. Right. He's always there. He's a good security blanket, but yeah, not a lot um, of ball skills. Well, and he's probably scheme dependent too, because if you're like a if you want to play man free or be a single high cover one, cover three defense. Um, you should, you need when you do that you need a center fielder mm-hmm. who can run the alley who can who can has range to cover get from hash to hash. That's not really Corker. He's probably more of a strong safety type mold. So he needs to be a structure like that. So that's going to probably take. He's probably not going to be on the board for some teams because of that. Um, but he just got to find the right fit and he can he can contribute. Special well, teams player right away and and obviously like the football IQ part. It's probably the biggest selling point for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw him at UK line people up constantly. He did the same thing in the Senior Bowl. Yep. Um, he can come at, down and thump a little bit in the run game. So playing a kind of a strong safety position um, could be the spot for him. And uh, looking ahead to next week too, spring ball starts Tuesday. We'll probably wait to podcast until after we hear from the defense on Thursday because the big talking point is going to be trying out Vito Tisdale at corner. He changed his Twitter handle to cornerback at the University of Kentucky. Um, obviously, we're not going to get a whole lot of clarity on the situation. Uh, like, it's kind of like when Luke was talking today, a lot of the questions we had already asked him a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I feel like the, I knew the answers before they were going to happen. That's what it's going to be like next week, at least on Tuesday, when asking about the offensive playbook and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I do I, I do want to hear Brad White's response as to what Vito can bring to that position because you do take some away from him. It's It's – it's very enticing, but it's also scary as hell. <laughs> like you could see him like blowing some stuff up yeah. there at cornerback. Yeah. But I can also see him. You can also see him taking the cheese over and over <laughs> and over. You know, there's there's you know there's a fine line at that position. On that, and you have to play in the scheme. Um, so that's a concern, and with Kentucky. Um, heavy, heavy cover three team. And so, like, part of that can be, you know, part of that you don't have to be the sinker or the drop corner. You can come up, press, and you can help. You're in the run fit. Because that's what I think he's at his best. At and then that, 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 could, that could be, you know, something there. And then you can get him in the boundary. You can run some of those corner blitzes with him. So, I, that's enticing. And he does have the athleticism, I think, to play and cover and mirror receivers. But – you know him taking the eye candy and mm-hmm. one the hit, you know, one to drop the hit stick on people. You know that 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 it's it's if you could get him to play within that system and trust him to you know do his job and yeah there there could be some stuff there. There'd also be at least three times where a cornerback blitz would just right. blow up. Well, I mean, it's just you get an extra force player there against the run if you've got him. Um, just playing in the flat and helping out in the run game. But then you need to have Joel Williams and some other folks step up at that nickel spot. Yeah, then so you it's get, kind of uh, – You get there and then you're like, where is it? Like, Joel Williams, this is a huge moment for him, I think. We, 
we all know how talented he is. His tape was in that 2020 class. I think you could argue was the best senior tape out of anybody in that class. And so he has the the tools. Mm-hmm. Just putting it all together. Right. And then the, then that'll you know if he can put it together that might allow you to get your best 11 on with, if you can play veto at corner. Yeah. So I don't, that that's going to be a fun talking point next week but um look at any any final words from Indy before we get out of here and go uh go tear up the town. Fun event, man. I know this I, I just have a ball every time I come up here. It's just it's just everything everything I do just put in a nutshell within a year. <laughs> you know, it's college football meets NFL football, it all mm-hmm. kind of combines. It's players I've you know, known about since they were recruits and watched them in college and now, you know, seeing how what their strengths are God. and how they would fit well in the NFL. Or seeing like I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing Jordan Davis in person. Yeah, I mean, I he mean, um he swallowed that podium at well, SC you talk Media about like and, Zach Enzer said, you know, Keontae Goodwin swallows a door frame. Yeah, that's Jordan well, Davis. Jordan Davis engulfs a door frame. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not sure. It's like one shoe and down. I mean, he at SEC Media Days, he stood at that podium, and that was not a small podium. Like the coaches looked normal up there, and it, I mean, it was just like, like he was a little kitty toy up there. Oh man! Yes, Laura, and everybody's gonna—that's gonna be, I think, a talking point tomorrow. Like, good God, this guy's huge. <laughs> when you're seeing huge guys all week, that's how you know you're huge. Right, right. When these right. guys, they see big guys all week, and then they see you, and it's just like, good night. <laughs> oh man! Well, this has been fun. We hope you all have enjoyed all of our coverage from the NFL Combine. We'll have more on Friday, um, and then we'll be back next week talking a little spring football uh, for Adam Luckett. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats. Go Kroger.